Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to our Wednesday night service. Have you found it? Okay. Wyatt doesn't know. You don't know where he's at. Why? I know where Jesus is. You know where Jesus is. I think I know why too. There we go. Sometimes you have to read Okay. If you haven't found Jesus yet, you you'll find him shortly. You found it. Okay. But you don't know why he's back here. No, no. Okay. Well, we'll find out why he's back here. Okay. Let's join in our call to worship. Let us worship God for whom our souls thirst and our bodies long.
Let's join together in prayer. Dear Lord, we come to you this evening and we know that it's a season of turning. And we're on a journey to turn our lives over to you. To turn away from those things that have harmed us and have harmed others. We are called to separate ourselves from actions and attitudes that put us down and destroy us. It's too easy for us to sink into the mire of self-pity and self-serving attitudes, wondering why things aren't coming our way. We want comfort, contentment, no stress, and no struggle. But even so, Lord, our lives are filled with stress and discontent. We hurt in many ways. We hurt in our bodies and souls. We hurt in our relationships with others. And Lord, we must really try your patience sometimes. But we don't want to be like this. We want to feel the warmth of your love, the freedom of your spirit, the joy of serving you. Forgive us, Lord, for our selfishness and our stupidity. Heal us, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
reading tonight is from the third chapter of John's Gospel. But before I read this, a little bit of a background that I want to give you. This is the story of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was one of the Jewish leaders, one of the Pharisees, a member of the Sanhedrin, the ruling class. Nicodemus came to see Jesus. He came night. He at night he did what people would see. What are you doing? We might look at some of the reasons why he might have come like that. One reason, though, is because he might have been afraid. He might have been afraid of what people would think if he came to see Jesus at all. But with Jesus, that was okay. He was fine with Nicodemus coming. He was willing to sit down and talk to him. But this is what happened that night in John chapter 3, verse 1 through 17. Now there was a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling class. He came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How could someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus said. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb and be and be born. Jesus answered very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised if I say you must say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. And so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked? You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still, you people 
do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then do you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven, except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now again, I want to emphasize to you that Nicodemus came to see Jesus at night. That's why, if you didn't already see, I saw Jesus back in the corner. It's not quite as obvious tonight. Now, some of you, because you sat on this side over here, on the west side of the church, you came down that aisle, and you saw him right where he was. Some people saw him more than once in their travels through the sanctuary this evening. But he's back there for a reason, because while I didn't want to keep the lights turned out, no one would be able to see. That's for another service come April, when we will have the lights turned out during the evening service. If you don't know what I'm talking about, make sure you're here at 6.30 on Good Friday, and you'll find out. But Nicodemus came at night. He came under the cloak of darkness. He came because he didn't want to be seen. There's a lot more than that. Because you see, Nicodemus was a religious man. He was a Pharisee. He was a member of the Jewish class. He was a teacher of Israel. He was a member of the 70-member Jewish ruling council, the Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin imposed both religious and civil law among, among the people. He was a highly respected person in the Jewish hierarchy. It wouldn't be right for him to be seen coming to Jesus. We're told that Nicodemus came at night. Maybe he just wanted to come at a time when nobody else was around. I mean, Jesus was very popular, right? Crowds longed to see Jesus. There were always people around him. And so Nicodemus thought, well, I can't come for the day. There's too many people. Come, I'm going to have a chance. What am I going to do? Push my way through the crowd and say, hey, 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 I'm Nicodemus. I'm one of the Sanhedrin. I need to talk to this man, Jesus. No, I can't do that. They won't like that. I'll go with him. Nobody else around. And then I can talk to him. Maybe Nicodemus realized that he didn't have as much religious faith as he really thought that he did. Maybe he thought, I need something more in my life, and maybe this man, Jesus, is just the one who can show me. He's just the one who can set me on the straight and narrow, even though some of these things are already there. Maybe he saw the signs that Jesus performed and realized 
Jesus is somebody special. Maybe he even actually believed that Jesus was who he said he was. I close life, he felt that there's a missing piece in my life. And so he came to Jesus. He came to Jesus on his own. Not as a representative of any group or any organization. He came on his own to find out. He came at night. He came under the cloak of darkness. And he came to seek the truths that Jesus was teaching. He wanted to hear things right from the source. He wanted to hear the truth right from Jesus' lips. How do we seek the truth about Jesus? How do we seek the truth about Jesus? Hmm? The Bible? Bible study? Anything else? Pray? Pray? Somebody say pray? Very good. Through church? Through worship? What about sitting down and breaking bread, having a meal? Sometimes in our conversations with others, we might seek some truth. We might like. What do you think? Devotion? Sure. Our daily devotions that we have. There's lots of ways that we can find out the truths about Jesus. So why are you here tonight? Are you here because it's Wednesday night you're at Lent? And we have dinner at church. And maybe you were one of the ones asked to provide something for the meal. I hope it's more than that. Are you here openly? Or are you here in secret? Nicodemus went to see Jesus at night in secret so nobody would see him. And so, are you here openly, or are you here in secret? And what I mean by that is, do you willingly and openly tell others, hey, you know what? I'm going down to the Braden Church tonight. We've got a Wednesday night service. We have a meal beforehand. And so guess what? You don't have to cook. Or your spouse doesn't have to cook. And you can come and have something to eat. And then guess what? Then you can be nothing. Not only can you be filled in your stomach, but then you can come and get filled by the word of God in your heart and your soul. I'm going to worship because I'm going to hear what the pastor has to say tonight. I'm going because I'm going to find out where he puts that Jesus doll tonight and what he's going to talk about. So you can tell people tomorrow, Pastor, where's Jesus back in the back corner of the church? Do you think it was easy for Nicodemus to go see Jesus? Do you know something easy for him to do? No. That wasn't easy for him at all. And you know, that's what it is with us. As Christians. You know, it's hard to be a Christian in this world today, believe it or not. 
Or sometimes it can be downright brutal. But keep this in mind. This world is not our true homes. This world, in many respects, is a battlefield. And we're like we're the soldiers fighting the battle. We face the trials of life. God gives us the weapons that we need to battle through. And God uses us to build up his kingdom in this world so that we can leave this world and go on to a better place. And that is in the kingdom of God in heaven. Times have changed. Things aren't the way they used to be for being a Christian. Here's something to think about. This is how things have changed. Now, things sometimes have to be done in secret. I know when I started school, back in the late 1950s, I don't know if you started school before I did, at least at the school that I went to back in Pennsylvania, we started the school then with the reading of the Bible and with a prayer. We did that for a couple of years until uh, 1962, when the Supreme Court said, "New, new, new! You can't do that anymore. No more reading the Bible and praying in school. Can't do that." I remember after church on a Sunday, we did not go to the mall. Well, for one thing, there wasn't a mall back then. But we didn't go shopping. Boy, the matter. Stores are closed. If we wanted to eat, go out to eat after dinner, there was one restaurant in the town which was about, oh, I don't know, eight, ten miles away from us. That was open on a Sunday after church. I want to tell you, that place was packed. Because anybody who wanted to go out to eat after church on a Sunday morning in that part of Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, went to that restaurant was the only one that was open. Things just weren't open on a Sunday at all. Gas stations weren't open. You better get gas on Friday or Saturday if you're not getting gas on Sunday. Because they're not open. In fact, when we moved to North Dakota, one of the things we found out was you couldn't go shopping until after 12 noon on a Sunday. They still had laws that said stores can't be open until after 12 noon. Unfortunately, the government just signed a bill to do away with that, and so now stores can be open on Sundays. But it took until 2019 for that to happen. I hear a lot of people saying, you know, I remember when this church was full. I remember when we had tons of people, tons of kids in Sunday school, tons of people in Sunday school. Yep, so do I. I remember the same thing when I was young. But with businesses open, now people are working, some people have to work on Sundays. Some people work six days a week and they say Sunday is the only day that I can get some rest. The rest of the day I sleep in. Many of our young people have athletic competitions on Sundays. We can't come to church because of that. We would not let our boys play travel team sports 
soccer and baseball in particular. Because for one thing, the kids that were on the travel teams were traveling to Maryland, to Delaware, to Virginia on weekends, and they were not in church on Sunday. We had youth leagues in town, so the kids played those activities. They were fine. They weren't going to be multi-million dollar athletes anyway. Might have been nice. Any one of the boys would have bought us a house. No, not our kids. We wouldn't have done that. Now, why did all these things happen? Why did all these games happen? Now, I think a lot of it's because we're, uh, it's our fault. As Christians. We don't stand up for our beliefs. We become hidden Christians. In some respects, we become like Nicodemus. We go to Jesus at night. In other words, we go to Jesus on Sunday. We go to Jesus on Wednesday night during Lent because it's the thing to do. And we go to Jesus evenings during Holy Week. But the rest of the time, Jesus is more of an afterthought. We need to seek more of Jesus. We need to hug him not at night, but we need to come at the crack of dawn, in the middle of the day, and in the evening. Because we have to remember that Jesus is always with us. He is always here. And yes, tonight he's in the back corner, but next week he's going to be someplace else and you'll see him more readily. Because he's going to be more open. He's always with us. And we have a hot arm we have. If you take a reference to something we are familiar with, we have the backbone. We can hit the button. We can call Jesus anytime we want. Because we know that he's there. Anytime we need him to talk to him. And that's what's wonderful. Always talk to Jesus. Always find him you know right where he is. Our closing hymn for this evening is number 318 in your right hand.
God has called you to bear witness to hope and to goodness. Know that you have been healed of all that prevents you from serving God. Go forth with God's love and God's blessing to bring the good news to this hurting world. Amen. Amen.